Hi, my name is Dawn Long. I started this podcast to share not only my story, but to share others' untold stories, to share the truth and journey of healing, so I can show you that it is safe to do the same. We are transforming and healing together. This show is about the heart-centered transformation for you, for me, and the world. This is the Your Transformation Journey show, and this is our journey together. Let's begin. Deborah Peters. She is unique, and we talked about a lot of things. We talked about trauma, and we talked about how that trauma can stay in your cells and can be in your tissues and can cause a whole lot of inflammation that really can hinder your quality of life. Deborah is a special guest that I recommend that you listen to the whole episode. I know it's a long one. I was going to cut it up into two parts, but I decided to leave it whole because there is a lot of good information in there, a lot of good discussion, a lot about overcoming not only just childhood trauma, but coming away and turning away from a poverty mindset into an abundance mindset. And when you realize that the people in the cheapest seats are the loudest yellers. Let me say it again. The people in the cheapest seats are the loudest yellers. Those are the ones that you can ignore. So listen to this whole episode. I know it's long, but it's definitely worth it. Deborah Peters is one of those unique guests that has a lot to say and a lot of value to bring. So those of you that have listened to my show, make sure that you like, subscribe if you hear me on the YouTube channel, share, put reviews. Let's grow the show. Thank you. Welcome everyone to another episode of Your Transformation Journey podcast. Today our guest is Deborah Peters. Deborah, you have an interesting background, so I'm going to read just a little bit. Every roadblock under the sun, you name it, Deborah has crossed paths with it. She was a single mother of 15, turning an abusive childhood into inspiration for helping clients. She now travels the world as a keynote speaker and business coach. She has launched her business accelerator system in 17 countries during the past 20 years. Deborah has coached heads of state, developed mindset training for the FBI, go you, negotiated a trade agreement between two countries, that is freaking awesome, and is currently publishing her first book. Deborah's special and unique neuroscience tools brings a high-level approach to accelerated business growth, shift mindset on receiving fulfillment, alleviating poverty, and guiding communities into thriving. That is a lot, and that is wow. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, you know, Don. Sometimes I like I even read that, and I go, "It's crazy." It's just interesting how it unfolded, and you know, we can always look back on our lives and go, "Wow, I did that," or yeah. or you know. I didn't think I could do that, but then it turned out I, I was able to do it. And it just it kept unfolding and I just kept putting one foot in front of the other, basically. Yeah. 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 And that's one of the things that as, you know, as I've been going along and some of the guidance that I've gotten is do what's in front of you next. And when you do what's in front of you next, you can really accelerate what you are doing because you're not looking at the summit of the mountain, so to speak. You're looking, okay, what is the next step? What is in front of me? Let's do that. And 
there is nothing wrong with it because a lot of people grow exponentially when you do that because you're not getting so overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, you know, I am doing this thing. I mean, that is huge when you're start talking about developing training for the FBI. Yeah, that was crazy too. <laughs> you know, it was interesting how that happened. I really have to say that pretty much everything I've done and accomplished has come from like energy, you know, we, I think we discount the, um, the energy of life just way too much. And, and we get too much into the doing part of things. I suppose growing up, dealing with everything that was happening in my family and, and all of the violence, like the craziness that went on. That's my buzzword today. Every day I have a different <laughs> buzzword. Today it's crazy really was probably a blessing in disguise because I learned to rely on my imagination. And it was my imagination that was my escape. It was my imagination that was my entertainment. It was my imagination to how I used my time. I mean, I had a lot of time on my hands. You know, we were on a farm, very rural. We didn't have a lot going on other than running the farm and working. And we had basically, I feel like this is my parents doing this sob story about we had to walk 10 miles to school, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. You know, we had one TV channel and so they're just everything. I did everything outdoors, you know, yeah. unless it was 40 below. And then I would do something indoors. Usually I would take like these cardboard boxes and I would drape a blanket over them and I would turn them into a podium. Like this was my podium. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I'd, I'd have like my dolls and my cat and my dog and <laughs> I would, I would speak to the world. <laughs> so I fun. love that. Yeah. That brings back a memory of my childhood. I had gotten a chalkboard for Christmas one year. I think I was still fairly young. I was just learning how to write. And one of the things on there, and my mom told me of this memory, because I would have remembered it at all, about me writing, about what I wanted to do when I grew up, all of the things. And she thought it was hilarious because she's going like, you, you're putting down that you want to be a brain surgeon. Yeah. Well, that stuck with me because I learned at an early age that I wanted to fix people. Uh, but I just didn't realize that at the time until my later years. So it's amazing how we as children imagine things and use our imagination. And then when we get to be adults, we sort of leave that behind a little bit. Yes. And I, I think that's what's been my greatest tool. It's almost like a superpower. You know, I kept it. I kept my imagination. I kept my, like my childhood energy for life. Like my curiosity, that's the word. I kept my yeah. curiosity for possibilities. I probably didn't know how to language it that way till recently. But that's really been it. It's like, well, I wonder what it would be like to go to this country and meet people. And, you know, if I'm going to go to this country and meet people, then I should probably speak at a conference so I can really meet people. Or maybe I should, like, work with a company that's there that's connected and that'll help me, you know, meet the, the business community. And I just would ponder that it was and this is what a lot of people miss i suppose in thinking it's hard to create goals or objectives or experiences is they get caught up in well i don't know how to do that or i don't know how that could happen for me like that's impossible and it's like it's it's not if you play with it and just entertain it in your mind with like, gee, I wonder what that would be like. That'd be cool. And yeah. then to your point, then the next step presents itself. Right. And yes, so it does. 
Yeah. And that's really how I, how I did it. I mean, I just moved into a new place and um, this is how I did it. I just sat down and started writing out the, the vibe, like how did it feel to live in this new place? Cause I knew where I was living. I didn't like, I had outgrown it and my community had become really, really bad, like crime and trash. And it had basically gone, done a deep dive south. So I was like, okay, what would I like to feel instead? And so I just started writing down things like nature, walkability, silence, you know, basically they were all the opposite of what I had. And I just kept crafting that. And, and it was, it was a fun exercise. It wasn't like I was white knuckling it and this is what I had to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then I'd set it down and I'd, I'd leave it and I, I wouldn't think about it. And then a few days later I'd pick it up and I'd add something to it. And then I chose an area. So then I started driving and I started looking around these different neighborhoods and I'm like, well, this neighborhood kind of has everything on my list except for this. And then I would just sort of look around and, and then I chose a neighborhood and I'm like, okay, I'm clear what I want. I think this is the neighborhood, but maybe there's something better. You know, this is the way I would talk to myself. I think there's something better. So I'm open. I'm not trying to control how it comes, which is really the key. And, and then I started working with a realtor and that was, I suppose that was going the opposite direction of what I, of the flow, because not that realtors aren't, if you're a realtor, I'm sorry. That is what I mean. It just wasn't the right thing for me at the time. What yeah. the right thing for me at the time was, was to stay in the creative process and just let it show itself to me. So I wrote, went back to the drawing board and I wrote down, it was like the last thing I wrote down on my list. And I said, you know, someone's just going to say to me, I'm just going to meet somebody random and they're going to say, I have a place for you. So about a week later, I'm, I'm down in that neighborhood. I'm working with some clients and I decide to go out for dinner, a little social time because my other neighborhood didn't have any of that. And walked into this restaurant and there was this U-shaped bar and there was seats on both sides. And my intuition said, you need to sit right there in that stool. So I did. I mean, who am I to argue with my intuition, right? Yeah. So, but some people do. Yes, some we people do. do. So I went over and I sat next to this lady. We start talking. One thing leads to another. She's like, I'm going up the street to this other restaurant to meet my sister for dinner. Would you like to join us? I'm like, yeah, I'm totally down for making new friends. So off we go. I tell her my story and she goes, I have the perfect place for you. And she's like, that. I'm like, oh, this stuff works. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, and it is it is sort of like before I even knew what I was doing, I wanted a new car. Really didn't have the finances for this new car. And I got to thinking, well, this is the car that I would love to have downright to the color because I love the color blue. Blue is my favorite, favorite color. Okay. And we went looking for other cars and we just couldn't find what we wanted or what I wanted. And I was going like, okay, I, I just give up for right now. And then we just happened to go into Ford dealership and we were going to look at used cars. And instead of buying a used car, I bought a new car and it was blue. Of course. And I really didn't think nothing of it because I was going like at that time in my life, I wasn't into what I am into now. Mm -hmm. And then when we got our house that we live in currently, I was going like, okay, I need a house or want a house that is in between two places, my place of work and my place to go visit my dad. I want it to be a halfway point. Sure. That was all I put out there. And then sure enough, we found a house that was in that halfway point. 
Yeah. And, you know, my husband wanted a building. So we found a house that had a building. So it's learning that we put our thoughts out there without realizing it. And if you don't know how to direct your thoughts, you're going to end up with a lot of things that you don't want because you're putting it out there and say, well, I don't want yeah. this. Well, then you're going to get that. And it's taken me a while to realize that, hey, put down what you do want and don't worry about what you don't want. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, I used to teach neurolinguistic programming certification courses. And one of the tools was understanding momentum. So momentum away from the pain of what we don't want <laughs> is one momentum and it will get you to your goal, but it's hard and it's laced with struggle and, and negative emotion. I mean, who needs that, right? Who needs that yeah. in their lives? But the momentum toward a tangible outcome, like your house and your car, it's, it just makes it's a there's an ease and a flow to that that doesn't exist when you're trying to get away from what doesn't work for you. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about the neuroscience behind all of this because there is science behind this. A lot of people don't realize the science behind it. It's true. What's interesting to me is how the world is kind of opened up and blossomed into this. I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years and I've been laughed at, you know, I was on a, a stage one time doing a speech at a sales training for Epson America. And we were up in, I think, Oakland or San Francisco or something like that. And, and I was talking like this and, and the, salespeople were kind of chuckling at me, like, what is she talking about? You know, this was like woo-woo stuff, you know, Pollyanna stuff. And there just ha was has been a expansion and a growth in human consciousness to, and it's not even accepting that it's a science, it's becoming aware yeah. that this is how we, we function as a human being is we're creators you know, and when you're a creator, you're not a victim. It's yeah. just like, it's like a flip of the switch, you know? It's like when you realize that you're a creator, you, you one, one can let go of that victim consciousness or that victim mentality that, that's been taught and propagated through society for years. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I actually went a, went a little bit on a rant today because people don't realize how much their trauma mm. affects what they say to other people and being in that victim mentality. And I'm going to tell those of you that are listening, both of us here have been victims in some form or fashion. Right. But we did not let that roll our lives. We took that and turned that into something that we're able to create and to inspire other people. Because once you do that, if she is correct, Deborah used correct, because you're flipping that switch, you're flipping that script, you're taking away that power that caused that victimhood and turning that into something better and bigger and brighter and bolder and more graceful and easier. It's true. You know, so over the time of my own journey, becoming self-aware is, has been my like saving grace, I would say, you know, when you mentioned trauma, you're right. I, I think that people just aren't aware of how much trauma they have stored in themselves and allowing yourself to realize that it, it's, it's a decision, Dawn. It's something that you have to choose because 
if you don't choose it, it can, it can elude you forever. And you'll never understand yourself. You'll never, you'll never understand why your life is the way it is or why things don't work out for you or why your relationships don't flourish or why your body doesn't work the way you want it to. Because the trauma just is, it gets, it's like it gets packed into the cells, into the tissues. You know, we used to have this saying, your issues are stored in your tissues. (laughs) And it's like, yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And I've been trying to, talk to some people about that and I get this look of like no it's not it's not right and I was going like the aches and the pains yes sometimes as we get older we do have those that does not mean that you have to live with that we have a tendency to put our emotions and we bury it and when you bury it guess what is getting buried into your cells and your cells are going to let you know that, hey, this hurts and you need to deal with this. For sure. And that is why you come up with things like cataracts. That's why your knees hurt, your hips hurts, your joints hurt, because that's where it lives. Until you take care of that and say, thank you for being there. Thank you for protecting me. But now you can go away. Mm -hmm. It's going to live there. Yeah, it's interesting. Recently, I've been writing. And I've been wanting to write this book. It's a brand new book. I've been wanting to write this book for forever, I think. But I wasn't able to go there with myself. And so I'm sharing this because anyone that's watching that is avoiding it (laughs) (laughs) is probably avoiding it because they don't want to deal with it. And I, hey, listen, I get you. I totally get you. The thing is, is that it doesn't go away. So avoiding it means poor health, you know, probably drugs, alcohol, food, television, negative conversations with people, you know, gossiping, commiserating. All of these things are just an escape from this stored trauma and trauma i think it's worth unpacking the concept of trauma trauma isn't necessarily you know you were dropped off on the church doorsteps in a basket and they found you two days later i mean that's that doesn't have to be trauma it could just be something as simple as maybe your parents went out for evening for dinner and had a babysitter. It could be as intense as some of the things I experienced, you know, where there was a lot of alcoholism and and violence in in our home. So it can be whatever the perception of the child is, that's Mm -hmm. trauma. And how we relate to the experiences that we have. And I should kind of back up because zero to seven are the imprint years. So if you think of imprint as being like a stamp, you're stamping thoughts, notions, concepts, attitudes, beliefs, values on that child's psyche because they're like a sponge. And so how they relate to that, you're stamping that, I should finish that thought, you're stamping that through how, what's going on in the home who's caring for the child, what their emotional state is, what's happening in the community. Do they live in a violent community? Do they live in a peaceful community? Are your parents fighting over money? You know, whatever's going on could be perceived as trauma by the child. And then what happens is, so you would ask me about the neuroscience. What happens is, is then, These experiences, we call them significant emotional events. So these experiences then kind of, they register in our neurology, which is where information flows. Our information flows through our neurology and they register there. So then anytime another similar kind of experience or something 
doesn't even have to be the same kind of experience. It could just be a sound will tip it off or a seeing like some children are afraid of say clowns or some children are afraid mm -hmm. of, of horses or whatever. It doesn't matter. And there's no judgment. It's just that these things get stacked into the neurology and then it's like a trigger point. And mm -hmm. the more you fire that trigger, the deeper that belief, emotion, thought goes into the nervous system and literally makes up that child's psychology yeah. and take carrying that through life into adulthood. And now you're in reactionary mode in everything that goes on. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. It doesn't have to be a big thing. There's a person that I follow and one of his stories from childhood is his mom and dad had split up. They split up amicably. It was not a bad splitting. But what stayed with him through the years is his dad used to live, give, leave like little presents, like little cars or G.I. Joe, stuff like that on their bed. So when they got home, they would have a gift. Mm. Well, one day the father stopped doing that. Mm. And because of that, that person then equated, okay, I'm not worth gifts anymore. And it wasn't that his dad didn't think he was worth gifts anymore. He just financially couldn't do it anymore. So he had to cut that out. But the child did not Damn. realize that. Wow. So you're right. It doesn't have to be something earth shattering or big. It can be something just that small. And it's small to us as an adult. But as a child, it's not that small. <sighs> no, because our parents are the world. You yeah. know, it's crazy like that. And because I think what happens is we don't really understand it. So if we don't understand it, then we feel out of control. And if we feel out of control, we feel like a victim. And it's just a spiral. One of the things I've been experiencing as I've been writing this particular book is how my body is talking to me. And I remember this all began a few years ago. Like, I think maybe now it's almost a decade ago when I started saying to myself, you know, this is the book you need to write next, which it wasn't, <laughs> but that's okay. I was lying on my sofa one evening in front of the fireplace and I was watching a movie and I had all of this pain in different different parts of my body and then i'd be like well what's that about you know that's not from a workout you know i'm not ill like what is this pain so i would talk to it and i would ask it you know why are you here like what are you about and i didn't really get an answer till now and now as i'm writing it it's interesting i find for me when I write things down, you should see my office, Dawn. I have like paper <laughs> everywhere. I love paper. Paper and, and Bic pens. I love Bic pens. Oh, yeah. So. I got a friend that's watching now. She can definitely relate because that's how she's writing her book. I love it. <laughs> so as I'm writing it and I'm talking about things that took place in my childhood that were very significant to me, it's showing me where I stored it. Yeah. And that is the same places that I've been experiencing this pain releasing itself from my body. So it doesn't happen overnight, you know. Nice. There's no quick fix. It's not just something you knock out. Like this is this is a journey. And I really feel that this is why we're on the planet. You know, when people go, why am I here? Well, you're here to, to evolve yourself and to grow your, expand into the infinite capacity that you are. Oh, yeah. Right? And the only way to do that is through self-awareness. Yeah. The only way to do that is through self-awareness. You have to learn who you are. You do. And you're right. 
We are so, if people just realized how, how powerful you are, right? Because we are here to live a human experience. And when we cross over to the other side, to the veil, and you're just going to realize then how massive you are. And when you realize that, and you're going like, oh, wow. Because for some of you that are listening, you think that you're not going to have an impact. I'm here to tell you, you will and you do. Even if it's just that teeny pebble, just like when you throw in the pond mm -hmm. just to see the ripples. Just imagine those ripples of your life going throughout the world. We impact each other in so many ways and you are so so infinite and it's amazing when i see people and they really realize that and it opens up but we still don't realize it to its full capacity in our human mind we think we do but i think a lot of the times we don't realize the full scope of it for sure and what if we could you know i think for me it's all about stepping into as much of that as I can in my lifetime. And so what helps me for that is asking different questions. Like I call them higher vibrational questions that will enable or spark an, a bigger awareness of possibility. And most times the when people ask themselves questions they're questions that are limiting or even degrading and listen you can always find a whole laundry list of what's wrong with you you know when you ask yourself why did, why can't i get this right why why am i doing this again why am i not where i want to be why don't i have the you know another year has gone by and i don't have the money i want to have when you talk to yourself like that, you can always find an endless list of what you need to improve. You know, we can do that because you're never going to get it all done. You know, we have a, a um, prime directive in our unconscious mind. I call it unconscious. I, you know, I know it's typically called subconscious, but yeah. I feel unconscious is a better term because we're not sub anything and 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 the and the unconscious or the subconscious is infinite it's it's the endless part of us so that's why i call it unconscious because i think it's the part of us to your point that most people never really get to embrace yeah. and so what if you could through the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. You see, when you ask yourself a higher quality question, you're going to get a higher quality response. Oh, yeah. Right? So instead of asking yourself, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get this? Ask yourself a different question like, well, what else is possible? Or what haven't I thought of yet? Or what have I done that I could do more of because it produces the result I want. These are different questions. You guys can write that down in terms of listeners. Like yeah. they're questions that open you up to receiving. And when you're open to receiving, life just gets so much better, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It's one of the people I follow, he, he coins it kind of, how's he say it? Kinder, gentler, good mm. and when because we're all still going to learn the lessons that we're here to learn but we can when we ask those questions and ask them in that way that you were talking about then you're going to get those in a kinder gentler way than you probably previously would have there's a reason why we call it getting ahead and getting hit in the head with a two by four <laughs> Literally, sometimes it's because, it's okay, you didn't hear it. So now, you know, we're going to make sure that you hear it. See, I always thought that was a cast iron frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> you're gentle. You're doing the two by four. 
<laughs> exactly. And sometimes life has a way of doing that. You know, sometimes I call them curveballs or plot twists because, you know, oh, that's a good one. Plot twist. Yeah, I like that. exactly. And it definitely is. And, you know, I had my plot twist when our youngest son happened to go to prison. Oh my and God. that's a huge plot twist in your life. And that for me is a lesson that I had to learn. I had to learn how to grow through that and shift through that and ask those higher quality questions of like, okay, what is this meant for me to do with this? Because God. I know there's a purpose and there is, I started another podcast called Lovey through the broken path. So those of you that are listening, if you have not subscribed to that, go over, subscribe to that. We've gotten four episodes in. I'll be uploading a couple more episodes. But it is when you take what has happened in your life that a lot of people are going like, I can't deal with this anymore. And it taking that, just like you were talking about allevi alleviating poverty and going into thriving. And that is what I want people to do is have that ability to thrive even when it's the hard times, even when your ground is shaking. Yeah. Yeah. I am so sorry. You, your son is in prison. I am so sorry. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a challenge. I'm sure it is. I'm just like, God, I'll pray for that. Yeah. You know, when we talk about poverty, you don't have to be living on the street to be in poverty. And it is an insidious mindset that talk about trauma and getting in the cells that gets, it, it can hold your life hostage. Yeah. I, you know, growing up, we never really, my mom took really good care of us. And you know, my dad died when I was seven. And oh, my, wow. my mom took really good care of us. We, it's hard to explain because I guess we, we didn't really want for anything, but yet at the same time, you know, as a kid, you always want to get the latest, greatest, right? Yeah. And that rarely happened. And I think that the reason it rarely happened wasn't necessarily because we couldn't create the money for it. I think it was born out of a belief system that more would not come. And, you know, we all deal with hardships differently, different generations deal with different hardships and they relate to them differently. We did not have plumbing in our house like a flush bath, toilet, sink, shower, direct plumbing to the kitchen sink until I was like 10. Wow. So, you know, it was like we set up this bathroom in the basement that was just like basically a pail and then had a lid on it. And then, you know, when it was full, it had to be carried outside. And it was like, that's very hard to imagine, but that, it's the truth. Yeah. So when we when we installed that bathroom, it was like, whoa, like huge celebration. And I found that in my life, I kept running that pattern that if I spent this money, if I gave to myself, then if I spent this money, there wasn't going to be more. And then because I repeated that pattern that there wasn't more. So when I would then do things for myself, you know, and you have, you have to realize like I was a single mom at 15 and going to high school and college and working and raising a baby. And there just was this repetition of these, these patterns oh. of low self-worth and an and inability to find trust in flow, the flow of life. Cause it was like peaks and valleys, you know, it was like a lot and then nothing because I would manage to raise my energy up to create, 
this was, this is the away from driver I was talking about. You know, I was like running away from that sort of like pain and suffering scarcity mindset within mm -hmm. myself and I'd create, but then I'd crash and burn because I couldn't sustain it because in the background of my mind was this, you don't deserve this. You're not worthy. This isn't going to last, you know, this, everything always falls apart. You know, it was like, first it was my dad died and then it was my grandpa died. And then, you know, it was just like this constant churn. So I had to get myself out of that loop and I just kept fighting for it. So if anyone that's listening finds themselves in a loop, ask those higher level questions. It took me a long time to figure that out. But once I did, I was able to let go of those patterns and my life just got so much better. Yeah. Yes. And that's one of those things that I talk about and teach about is breaking those generational patterns because we are in that loop. And until we break that loop, it's going to continue to repeat because then it's going to repeat down to your children and down to their children. Yeah. So when we break those and just like you just broke yours, you actually broke it for your child. Now they don't have mm -hmm. to deal with that. And then you're going to break that for the future generations. And that is something that I learned because I was going like, I done the what it could have should have. And <laughs> I just recently, yep, just recently realized, okay, I need to stop that because it's not changing anything. If anything is taking me back down that path and you're right, things start clicking and you're going to start meeting people in your life that probably you wouldn't have met unless you let go. Yeah, it's true. And every time I, this is what helped me. And it's going to be different for everybody, but I kept moving. So I ran away when I was 14. And I think my mom, I think my mom was either bipolar or maybe borderline schizophrenic. And it was a product of all the trauma she'd been through that she never had an outlet for. So that's why I ran away. I ran away when I was 14. I came home, but I wasn't planning on sticking around. <laughs> and, and then I left when I was 15. And, and then, you know, when I had my child, I turned 16. I had my daughter at the beginning of July and I turned 16 at the end of July and I got my own place. And I was just like, Hey, listen, this is, this is what I'm doing with my life. You know, it didn't even cross my mind not to keep her or to have an abortion. Like it wasn't even a thought. Yeah. It was a path. I was on a path. And I, I can see now as I look back on it, like I was always sort of flinging myself forward, you know, and it was, it was like hard on my system because I, yeah. I would like fling myself forward to get away from the pain of what I was dealing with. But that pain didn't like the root cause of that pain had not been addressed. So the flinging didn't last. So it's like an elastic band, you know, however, I'm cool with that. I, I was thinking about it today. It's like, kind of like prepping for this podcast, I like to sort of like think about and pray about what people might want to hear or need to hear in their lives. And yeah. I did that because it was the best I could do. And we all do that, right? We yes. all do the best we can with the resources we have. And if I hadn't done that, could have I made other choices? No, because I didn't have the resources to make other choices from. Correct. And doing that is what got me going. So I just kept moving. And, you know, after a while in, in raising my daughter and sending her to school and I owned a fitness club and 
And then I worked for a radio station after I sold my fitness gym. And, and I'm like, it's time to move to the city. Cause I was kind of in like a small country rural city, like 40,000 people. I'm like, it's time. So then I moved across the country and then I moved to a different country. And, you know, I just, then I started traveling abroad and teaching and speaking and training. Were they, all of those steps were twofold because we can, we don't just do away froms and we don't just do towards, we do both. It was moving away from, I was running from myself a hundred percent. And I, I admit that. And at the same time, I was creating possibilities. I was throwing myself out there just to see where I would land in the realm of possibilities. And that's how I got pretty much every gig I've, I've got. There was, it wasn't really like, I had a plan, but I didn't have a plan. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And it's, you are right because we are running away from stuff and going towards stuff at the same time. And when we do that, we do put ourselves in that, that pull and we are still able to overcome a lot of things. And Terry just mentioned, she is one of the ones that I've been talking with and we've been talking about breaking those, breaking those paths and breaking those patterns and when we learn how to let go and you can create, you can still create when you haven't let go of everything because people, none of us are perfect. We're not going to be in that perfect spot where we can say, okay, now we can create without having all the oh. baggage. <laughs> doesn't work doesn't that, work way, that way, people. <laughs> you're still going to have some of that. But at the same time, you're going to allow yourself to live your life and to create because that's exactly what we are as creators. Yeah, we are. So with that, as we wrap up, I always ask my guests, what is one last nugget that you would love to give our viewers and our listeners? I would say spend time outdoors in appreciation because that Mm -hmm. little that little step on a daily basis will change your entire reality. Whatever's happening in your life, whatever you're experiencing, you can go for a walk. It doesn't cost you any money and you can find things to appreciate the blue sky, the rain, the trees, the flowers, the birds chirping, the snow, like whatever it is. It doesn't cost anything. And there's something very healing in mother nature that mm-hmm. will help you raise up and out of whatever struggle you're in. Every successful business leader that I have worked with in the last 20 years, I give them that exercise and they make dramatic shifts and their companies grow as a result of those shifts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I hundred percent agree. Get yourself outside, people, even if it's just for five or 10 minutes. Because when you are putting yourself out there and you are noticing the things out there, like the birds, the sky, the trees, whatever it is that brings you joy, makes you happy. That's one reason I love the place we live. We live just a little over five acres. And I kid you not. Every day, I either see a hawk, a deer, or ground. Right now, we have a groundhog that loves to visit us, (laughs) and it is so cute. I bet. And it is those little things like that that I find that joy of being outside. And some of the things they it makes you giggle because animals are so sweet, and it is supposed to be. For me, that is my solace, and I absolutely love it. Can I tell a, a quick story? Mm-hmm. So I had the windows open one day recently, and a little bird flew in. And, you know, then they don't know how to get out because of the glass, right? Yeah. So he was, like, flying up and down this the main part of the window, and he couldn't find an exit. And you could tell he was terrified. So 
I opened all the other windows and I, you know, talked really calm and kind of calmed him down. And then I got a like a towel and I sort of like ushered him along to the edge to the open window. And he was sort of fighting at first. And then I think he figured out that I was like not going to hurt him. And he's kind of surrendered to it. He got to the edge. And as he flew out the open window, he chirped at me. He was like, Aww. chirp. <laughs> like, oh, my God. He said, thank you. It was Aww. so great. Made I love my day. that. Yeah. I was just say animals. And you just packed a whole lot of in there just in that little bit of thing because you're talking about surrender. Yeah. And... That is where we need to put ourselves sometimes. We need to surrender. True. Isn't that true? So I absolutely love that. And Terry commented, she said, you gave me the strength to share the picture that was supposed to be on the book. I can't finish. Terry, you will finish that book. I have no doubts you're going to finish that book. Ask yourself a question, Terry. What would it take? What would it take for me to finish this book with ease? Just keep asking that question until the answer shows up. Yeah, that's a good question to ask. All right. I love this. This has been a really good conversation. And everyone, if you weren't writing down notes, go back and write down notes. This will be re-released on Apple iTunes, wherever you find podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you find them, it will be released on that. But go back, listen, sit down and write some wonderful nuggets that are in here. Cause ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot. (laughs) This has been awesome. Thank you, Dawn. (laughs) It has been. So as y'all know, I love how to sign off. Whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, you are the beacon of hope. You are loved and you are unstoppable. Everyone have a good one. And you will see us back here on Thursday. Bye. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast. To support the podcast, join our Patreon account through Podme at Your Transformation Journey. Or if you liked this episode, send us a review through iTunes and follow us on Podme. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and also at my website at www.donlongcoach.com. Remember, you are unstoppable. Thank you.